welcome to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Bill Michaels, The Bill Michaels Show on the air. We are glad you're on board today on this, uh, well, it's a better Tuesday than it was any Monday. That's for damn sure. After the snows had rolled through the western portion of the state and uh, didn't get a lot in Milwaukee and in the area surrounding and then driving south but it was it was constant it was it was that uh, that spinning low pressure i guess is what they call it uh it was like uh you know sleeting pretty much the whole way down to Indianapolis yesterday but uh nevertheless got here but i know some of you in the western portion my goodness holy mackerel i was uh, i had friends of mine sending me pictures and uh, one friend of ours um, they, I don't know how many inches of snow. It was just a, a, a crazy amount of snow. And so uh, the, their big tree in their side yard, and not only did it knock the tree over, but then the tree fell on their car, which is also his snow plowing business. It fell on the truck and crushed. So uh, the weather... Uh, in the Milwaukee and in the Wisconsin specifically area, not great. I know Minneapolis got drilled, Eau Claire, La Crosse, all up through there. But, uh, you know, I'm glad everybody pretty much survived. It's just, you know, nothing like a blast of getting – you get sunburned on Saturday and then you're digging out of a foot of snow on Monday. It just uh, – some just doesn't seem right there. But, anyway, glad everybody survived. Ben, Kenny, how uh, how you doing, man? How's How'd yesterday go? You and uh, Grant Bills. Good. I mean, as good as good can be when the Bucks lose to the Heat and Giannis is hurt. Yeah. Would you uh, Would you say you are in the Annapolis? As the great Charles Barkley. In the Annapolis. Uh, yes. I, uh, I I'll tell you this. I don't know if uh, people that follow me over on the Facebook uh, fan page or Instagram or whatever. I uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we used to come here every now and then just because. Just it was, it was cool. It was you know. It was uh, it was different. It was a place to go, and it was only about an hour, hour and a half away. So it was either Columbus, Ohio, Lexington, Kentucky, or Indianapolis, Indiana. So we would come to Indy every now and then. And Indy had this thriving, bustling downtown. And Circle Center Mall, which is right here in the Market Square area, it, it is. it was like five fingers of a mall. Of four different levels, it was like the the original Mall of America. It was it was pretty big, and it was thriving. We used to come here and just go to the bars, and then we'd walk to the different hotel because everything was connected to it. And even the Hoosier Dome at one point was connected to it with a tunnel underneath the streets, and everything was connected to this thing. And you could pretty much stay inside. You never had to go outside. So that's why we'd come here in the wintertime. And you could just walk the mall. You could go to the bars. You could, you know, we used to come up and, you know, go to like Foot Locker or something, you know, grab shoes or champs or whatever other sporting good place was in there. And, you know, when you're 21, 22 years old and you're running through the mall and, you know, you're, you know, buying clothes or whatever it is you're doing, uh, you're just hanging out, you know. And this place was a thriving metropolis. And it's like a ghost town. Now, we, we went out last night and found a really cool Nikki Blaine's Underground Cigar Bar last night, which was awesome. And the bartender, Mike, there was explaining to us how the downtown's coming back. But it was after the riots. Uh, it was after COVID. Uh, everything just stopped. And this was a city that was locked down for a long time. 
Uh, their mayor would not allow them to open, uh, basically just killed businesses. They had, he, he was telling us last night, 243 restaurants closed coming out of COVID because they just weren't allowed to open. So they just closed. And so when you drive down the street, you see all these marquee signs with these lights flashing and everything. And you're thinking, this is really cool. These Look at all the restaurants. And then you drive by and all the windows are boarded up. And it's sad, man. It really is. However, uh, some stuff is coming back. But uh, nevertheless, it's just uh, it's a little bit different town than what it was when I was here. Um, you know, going back, you know, 25 to 30 years, so to speak. So, but anyway, but a cool place. Uh, I had a group just kind of hanging out. So there you go. The, uh, the, the, the talk here even is that, uh, oh my God, can the Bucks even win without Giannis? I think the Bucks can win, but the same thing that we have talked about that has plagued this team forever is the fact that they stand flat-footed and they do not defend beyond the perimeter. They just don't. They just don't. Playing defense is a a past former taboo idea that they just don't want to be a part of. Now, I, it's easy to say that, but when you watch teams like the Heat run pick and rolls to kick it back out and 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 guys just literally look at the shooter – Rather than trying to get a hand in his face or contest a shot or any, it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I mean, it's just, they just, they have an adverse reaction to playing defense, I guess. And then when Giannis went down, it like took the wind out of their sails. Kevin Harlan said, and people on Twitter get so pissed, but I, I, I tweeted this out. I said, Kevin Harlan just said, they look, they had bad body language. Uh, the Bucks had bad body language, and the place was dead, and no, you know, no energy. And, and that's Cliff Notes version, and people got mad. It's like, no, he's dead on. I don't know what you're mad about, or what you're seeing, or what you're, what you're, you know, suddenly feeling offended by. But that was a poor performance. Your star goes down, and that's all you bring to the table. You you don't have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and say, okay, we're not we're not going to lose this game. Now, granted, their shooting was off, much like it was when the Celtics came calling for the uh, the Celtics' last visit in the Pfizer Forum when the Bucks couldn't have hit anything. Even on wide-open shots, they weren't hitting anything. But with Giannis going down and trying to come back, and I give him credit for it, but the shooting was off, the, the handling of the basketball was sloppy. They, The Heat, and, and I've said this a hundred times, Spolster is a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a coach, and he has a couple of guys that just motivate, that just get you up. And it's a starter in Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is just one of those guys that he's pesky, he's a badass, he, he just won't be denied. He will, he will fight until the grim death. And sometimes the Bucks, they just pack it in, man. They're like, ah, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it's disappointing. For a team that's supposed to have this championship pedigree, and they're supposed to be able to be, you know, this this uh, this juggernaut that they're going to roll right to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then it's going to be a battle with the Celtics, and after that, it's whoever wins that series is is the champion. Crown them. And I I looked at that Bucks team as if they thought they had already won it. They they've already won the championship, and they're just it's a mere formality. 
at some point you got to wake up. Now, hopefully that was the wake-up call. But And then they were talking, which I don't know who's watched much basketball down the stretch, but they said, oh, the Bucks were streaking. They weren't streaking. They got drilled in a few games. They didn't play their starters. They got beat. They, they, there was no streaking into the postseason. There was no dominating wins into the postseason. There was a lot of poor basketball. And then a long stretch where they had to wait, and they got healthy, and then, unfortunately, Giannis goes down. Now, I would assume that Giannis will play in in game two uh, tomorrow night. I, I You know, you, you say a little novena and thank the Lord that there was no structural damage, no cracks, no tears, anything like that via the MRI in his lower back, and, and he did take a hard fall. But I, I, it doesn't matter if he comes back or not if nobody wants to play defense beyond the arc. Because all you got to do is run into a hot shooting team. Now, the, you know, if Giannis comes back, obviously Tyler Hero going down with the, the broken hand, man, that was that's a big loss to them because he's so clutch. He's so clutch. But the Bucks, the Bucks can beat anybody when they want to. The problem is they turn it on and turn it off and turn it off at times to where they don't have the ability to turn it back on that they're their they're their own worst enemy. And Ronald, you're absolutely right. So it's 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 up to the box. If they want to show up and play and they want to play hard, and if they don't, you know, Kevin says he shot 60 from three. They lost hero. Any shot they threw up went in. If they lose Wednesday, then you can uh, get concerned. Uh, Kevin, yeah, but th- remember, a lot of those shots were uncontested. You know, now it's it's teams do get hot. I I can appreciate that. And the Bucks were just the opposite. The Bucks were completely cold. But you know, you you got it. If you're not shooting well then you have to do other things to help your team. And guys tend to forget that. I think it was Joey Weimer that just said that uh, not that long ago. If he's not hitting the ball and he's not going yard and creating the bombs and whatever he said, he said something to the effect of that I have to do other things to help the team. Bucks have to do that. If you're not hitting, then you need to be able to set harder screens, higher screens, create open create open shots, dish the basketball, and play defense. Play defense at the other end. Contest shots. If you if you can't score, don't let your man score. It's that simple. And the Bucks were as flat as flat gets. And all the excuses came out. Oh, well, you know, they, it's, it's a long layoff. Oh, the building was quiet. Oh, you know, it's okay. They're waiting to turn it on for the Eastern Conference Finals. You just, you just lost home court advantage to, and you're the number one seed. And, you know, so I, I do I think they'll win? I think it's a coin flip. I think Giannis will be back. How effective he'll be, I don't know. But uh, let's let's cross our fingers that the Bucks are able to come back and, and play decent basketball. In the meantime, speaking of Weimer and company, the Brewers get yet another win. And I'll tell you what, I posted this last night. The Bucks are right now, what is it, the third or fourth best in run differential in all of Major League Baseball. Or no, second best, second best, second best in all of Major League Baseball. And the Tampa Bay Rays are the only team that's better than them right now. And they just keep figuring out how to score runs. Um, 
you know, they moved runners over the other day. It's a base hit, um, or no, it was a walk, a base hit, a uh, a pitcher uh, not addressing the hitter, uh, and then a sacrifice fly. And it's just it, they're playing station to station baseball and they're scoring runs, and it's it's fun to watch. It really, it's fun to watch. So. I, man, you know, the concern obviously is with Corbin Burns and the pectoral soreness. Um, You just wonder if it's just fatigue, you know, beginning of the season, or God forbid, knock on wood, you hope that it's nothing more than that. It could be just fatigue and a little bit sore. It was cramping up on him. He said he didn't want to risk it. Okay. You know, maybe it could be something as simple as, hey, you didn't uh, hydrate well enough, you know. Yeah. you, you know, take care of your body over the next couple of days. You get back at it, and you're fine. I, we hope that's all it is. But with Woodruff down, you lose Woodruff and Burns, and then things begin to shift a little bit. Then you begin to shift a, a little bit. 877-867-1670, that's the phone number. You want to get a hold of us if you want to do that. Um. Then uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Ben Z. Kenny. You can find us there. You can hit us up uh, on Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show. Same thing on Facebook, The Bill Michaels Show. And then you can find us uh, via email, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. You can track us down on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts as well. And if you want to listen to the program, take us anywhere and everywhere. Like I did this morning, I was here uh, at the Conrad Hotel, beautiful hotel here in downtown Indianapolis. And I was uh, up on the sixth floor, and I'm working out, and I'm overlooking the Circle Center and the da- the street, uh, Washington Street downstairs. And uh, I've got the, the, the app on. I'm listening to Ebo and those guys this morning. So take us anywhere and everywhere, anywhere and everywhere, and uh, you'll be able to get the program Anywhere you go. This portion of the program, as we kick things off today, brought to you by our good friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Love my Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And uh, whether it's the patio door, whether it's the, uh, the the windows, the slider windows, the roll screens in the windows, all the different innovations. Outside, getting it um, you know, better curb appeal. Inside, keeping it more economical by the moment. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. And see for yourself what our friends at Pella have to offer. They have right now 0% financing, 48 months. 0% 48 months. Call right now for your free in-home consultation. That's Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855 855- Pella WI. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we continue on and a reminder for those of you who may not uh, have heard in the first hour or so but uh we are down to the nitty-gritty when it comes to openings for the uh, the golf outing the bill michaels open coming up saturday may 6th 
head over to Viroqua Hills Golf Course. Uh, beautiful little gem in the middle of, uh, well, really the western portion. Uh, just below across the western portion of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, but we're going to get together and have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, they've got some food. We're going to do a little, uh, little Q&A after the fact. Uh, if it's warm enough, maybe, uh, maybe a cigar outside. Who knows? Not that you have to smoke a cigar to come and enjoy it or just play golf with us. But come on and hang out. Ben's going to be there. Kristen and I are going to be there. We're going to have a good time. Our buddy Ernie Betts is going to show us all over the joint. And it's going to be catered by the people down at, uh, God, I, who, who is catering again? I forgot. Is it Kickapoo? It might be. i got to check. I'll let you know for sure. But we're going to have a good time. And it's uh, the Bill Michaels Open Saturday, May 6th. Call him. Call Ryan over there right now if you want to get in on this. Uh, whether you're a single, a twosome, foursome, whatever, call him 608-637-7615. 608-637-7615. Again, 608-637-7615. That's over at Baroque Hills Golf Course coming up on Saturday, May 6th. Shotgun start, 1 o'clock. And a food and beverages and all kind of, kind of stuff like that after the fact. And it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Brandon says, when I hear other people say, I've heard it from somewhere, I always try to confirm it. I do, too. I do, too. Um, I, uh, I have... Uh, you make phone calls, you know, you try to confirm it some way, shape, or form. or Because there's about, we, we probably know one person at least in every market. And I know that's a vast array of people. What we've talked to a lot of people over the years, being at Super Bowl for many years, uh, a lot of radio stations, We and we've spent time with uh, the affiliate out in uh, San Francisco. And I called a couple of the guys that I know, and they're like, yeah, we hear the same rumors, but we're not getting anything concrete. So you go, okay, it's probably either rumors or somebody knows somebody and they're giving out, like, somebody's thoughts. You know, maybe nothing that's concrete. Like, yes, we picked up. Like, when, when Shanahan came down, after everybody said, there's no way the 49ers came and called about Aaron Rodgers, blah, 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 blah. And then Shanahan yeah, said, yeah, we called. And Lynch said, yeah, we called. We wanted to see if maybe, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers might be available. You know, and then word got back to Rogers, and Rogers said he'd be amenable to that, and that's what blew up on draft day a couple years ago. So you, you eventually get that, but this is—I uh, heard from somebody who heard from somebody type of thing, and and but it very well may, may be true. And if I'm the Tennessee Titans and I believe I'm pretty close, hell yeah, I'm calling on Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Titans have been a playoff team that just hasn't had enough to put them over the top. Now, I also think I love Vrabel. And Vrabel's got a relationship with Rodgers, too. Rodgers likes Vrabel, uh, at least outwardly. At least, you know, and don't get me wrong. It's not like they've had a lot of work together and and they they call each other and share thoughts and stuff. But he's been outwardly in saying that he likes Vrabel's teams. They're very well coached, very fundamentally sound, usually play pretty good defense. They've just come up short. You know, they just haven't been able to get over the hump. So they're beating their heads against the door going, what else do we need? And if you can upgrade to, you know, uh, an Aaron Rodgers from a couple of years ago, maybe maybe that puts them over the top, just like the Jets. I think the team with the best and most legitimate shot at getting to a Super Bowl is probably the 49ers. They've got everything in place. They just don't have a quarterback. Trey Lance is still a question mark, and Brock Purdy, you know, they had to put that surgery off. Uh, I, I don't know if he's had it yet. Ben, has Purdy had his surgery yet? I believe so. He also spoke recently that 
this year might be in question more so than yeah, maybe I was we say, thought. He, right. Um, I, I knew they pushed his surgery back. I just wasn't sure if he had it yet. But I did read that there is a question mark on the season. Now, that being said, chances are most likely more than anything, he's not going to be at training camp and he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. So they need a quarterback. So I, if they are not kicking the tires on Aaron Rodgers, I'd be dumbfounded. Being in the NFC, I'm sure the Packers don't want to give Rodgers up, but we all know that if, uh, and that's a good point, you guys over there that on the live stream that are saying, what about the Steelers? Absolutely. I'm surprised Mike Tomlin hasn't called and kicked the tires a little bit on Aaron Rodgers. There there would be quite a few teams, I think, that would benefit from Rodgers where you go from being a a team that is knocking on the door of the postseason to a team that can knock the door down for the postseason. And then once you get into the tournament, who knows? Whatever happens. But we can we can roll through three or four teams that are legit that just need a quarterback. The Steelers being one, obviously, 49ers for sure. I don't know if the Jets, I, even with Rodgers, I don't think the Jets are the best team in their division. That is. Um, and some of these teams, uh, David says, well, they may not want the drama. Um, this is true. <laughs> but, and and you talk about drama-free once they got rid of a couple of couple of uh, character apples, we'll say, in Pittsburgh, it's been kind of calm. I think Mike Tomlin likes it that way. I think he likes it that way. But if you can get uh, the quarterback that comes with it and the guy that played the way he did a couple of years ago, well, who knows, you know? Who knows? The Titans but don't I make just, much I, sense I don't to me. Think in Go general, the, the, they wouldn't. They wouldn't make a lot. I don't. Do you think the Titans are better than the Jets? No, not roster wise. Well, I mean, with the quarterback, I think the Jets would be better with Rodgers right. than the Titans would be. And the Jets are in a unique position where they're not paying any quarterback real money. Ryan Tannehill has mm-hmm. a thirty-six point six million dollar cap number. Cutting him would be twenty million in right. dead cap. So they're kind of hamstrung, not to mention we've seen them trade A.J. Brown. Like the Titans of three years ago are not the Titans of next year. They're kind of on the downswing. Correct. You could Exactly. You could kind of look at that and say, well, they are going to be battling Jacksonville for that division. Jacksonville has gotten substantially better. Now, whether or not Jacksonville is able to kind of duplicate that again this season, we'll have to wait and see, but – I, it's it's those two teams battling for the top spot in the AFC South. Let's just say you win the AFC South. Does Aaron Rodgers on that team make you better than Cincinnati? No. Baltimore? Buffalo? Miami? Kansas City? You know, the Chargers? Not really. So I can't imagine, I mean, as much as Rodgers may like Vrabel, I don't think he goes there for that. That would almost be like a two-year project, not a one-year project. By that time, Rodgers the Steelers might be would retired. Make sense. Right, exactly. The Steelers would make sense. But I still don't think the Steelers, um, I, 
even if Rodgers goes there, the Steelers aren't, they're still not the best team in their division. Cincinnati would be, and it depends on what happens with Lamar Jackson, if he comes in happy or angry, and you'd be battling, that would be by far. Well, I shouldn't say by far, because the AFC East is still pretty strong. But the AFC North would then be a legitimate juggernaut if he went to Pittsburgh, because you'd have Jackson, Burrow, and Rodgers all in the same division. Now, if he would go to San Francisco, you've got a healthy Matthew Stafford, but I still don't think Matthew Stafford, with what they have, I, Kyler Murray, no. Stafford, no. Seattle, eh. San Francisco is by far the favorite to win that division, even without a quarterback at this point. They're, they're the favorite to win that division. And then you would have to say in the NFC, they're probably a top three team. You know, when you look at what Dallas will have, Philadelphia is a reigning champion. Um, maybe New Orleans is kind of on the climb. San Francisco would be right there. So, you you know, in that case, though, you'd also want more from San Francisco because you're trading them in the conference. Depends on what San Francisco would be willing to part with. And I, if I'm in San Francisco, I'm like, I'll give it up because I think I've got everything. You've got a tremendous defense, no doubt about it, the number one defense from last season. And you've got tremendous weaponry. Running back, wide receivers, tight ends, good offensive line. you got everything. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't do much there either. All you need is a quarterback to bring it all together. So again, if I'm Rodgers, I don't have a problem going back to San Francisco. That's the team you wanted to play for to begin with. And how you know the storybook would have been to win one in Green Bay and ride off into the sunset. Two Super Bowls and ride off into the sunset. He didn't get it. The the second chapter of that story would be the team that passed on you the team that you grew up admiring and loving and wanting to play for, they get you for the final year of your career in which you then win a Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset. So for Rodgers, I can't imagine him turning that down if that became a reality. But the Jets, I, I still look at the Jets and I think Buffalo is by far the top dog in that con- or in that uh, division. And if Tua comes back and plays the way he played early on last season – Tua was on his way to a pretty good season, really good season, before he went down with the concussions. So I don't even think they're the best team in that. They might not even be the – they're probably the third best team in that division. Anyway, 877-867-1670, Um, Yeah, right, John says uh, San Francisco with a bent Aaron Rodgers would be a force. Absolutely. Bill, they have Sam Darnold, don't forget. Absolutely. Right? I did forget. I don't know if I I say that jokingly or not, because I do think (laughs) if he actually starts, he could be good there, just like Brock Purdy could be good there. You might be able to be good there. Yeah. You know? It's it's a ceiling question. My knees are bad, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Chuck says, I don't understand the reluctance of trading within a conference. The chances of getting to the playoffs this year are slim. I'm looking forward to seeing what Love can do, but Green Bay is uh, a ways away from contending. If they can get a decent haul from San Francisco, why not go for it? It's got to be a decent haul. But uh, let me, 
nothing has changed on this team other than losing Lazard, Cobb, and Adrian Amos. The, the Packers were close to being a playoff team last year. When everybody keeps saying they're a ways away, no, what you're saying is they're a quarterback away. So, I, I look, I don't believe the Packers are going to end up in the postseason this year. But I also know you get, you get Stokes back, you get Rashawn Gary back, you pick up a decent, say, safety uh, that gives you depth in, in the secondary or a corner in the secondary, some defensive line help, and you pick up two or three weapons, you get two tight ends and a couple of wide receivers, and maybe if you do trade Rodgers, you've got some flexible money where you can maybe go get yourself another wide out to help. It, it, this isn't like you're bereft of talent everywhere. You still have Devondre Campbell. You still have a second year in Quay Walker, a second year in Devontae Wyatt. You still have a pro bowler in, um, in Kenny Clark. You still got a very stout offensive line, pro bowlers on that offensive line. Two veteran running backs. This whole thing about, wow, they're a ways away. From what? From what? The only difference is going to be the, that it, it's the quarterback. That's it. Right? James says the Packers are farther away than I am from a Russian model. Tell me where they're weak. Tell me what the problem is. And if you just say blanketly it's Joe Barry, then you don't have much to go on. I'm just going by personnel. At the beginning of last season, we all believed that this team was a good football team. They had a legitimate shot, right? So my question is, I just ran through the roster. And they play in a weak NFC. Now, again, I say the only area that they're weak in, in, in my opinion, because Gary says the Packers aren't close. Tell me why, Gary. Don't say that. Tell me why. James says no wide receivers except three young guys. My point exactly. The only, that's the only area they're weak. Well, tight end. But that's it. That's it. You get a veteran. You get a, a, a decent veteran after the June 1st cuts. You get a wide receiver or two in the draft. Suppose in Jigba. They, suppose they get in Jigba. And then they pick up uh, the tight end out of Georgia in the second round. They trade up and grab him. That's two big gets. Now you fill in the rest. You know? And then what? Now how far away are they? Ben, how far away would they be? I think still I not terribly far. There are still clear steps forward that need to be taken. But after the draft mm-hmm. and after the whole offseason, I I think they would be in a similar position as they were last year, if not a little bit better, hopefully healthier, which is a key, and hopefully with better quarterback yeah. play. Like take away who was under center. It was Rodgers. Just look at the play that actually was there with him and the injury. I don't think it's going to be hard for Love to play better 
than Rodgers did last year, which would lead you to believe how far away from making the, are they from making the playoffs? I would say not. Not really far at all. I don't think they're far. I think the big question is, now again, if you want to say they're far away because you think love is not the real deal, that I'll go with. I'll understand that, and I'll respect that. But if you look at the roster right now and say, oh, it's, it's, it's garbage, it's, they're, not, they're far away, that, that's, that's not a great statement. Uh, Mike says they're weak at wide receiver, tight end, safety, and D-line. Um, D-line, they need one more piece. D-line, they may need one more piece. Tight end and one receiver, I'll give you. Safety, they're okay. Safety, they're not terrible. I think last year, the mix and match, once they got, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, Darnell Savage came back and whatever was going on with him, Whatever attitude adjustment he had to go through, I, I don't specifically know. But, you know, picking up to various more, he's kind of like when they picked up Adrian Amos. It's, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Tavarius Moore may come in and be a younger version of Adrian Amos. You still got Keyshawn Nixon, still got Rasul Douglas. Um, you still, Rudy Ford didn't have a bad year, came up big in certain situations. And Jair Alexander, don't forget, he's 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 the guy. You know, he's now a year removed from his injury and coming back. And it depends on what you get out of Stokes and Rashawn Gary. I agree. But you'll have T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt up front. If you can if you can pick up another defensive lineman. But here's the other thing to, to remember. Most of the time, it's going to be Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt. Because when they run nickel, they're, pull, they're usually pulling a, defend, a defensive lineman. And then they run with a couple of outside linebackers or edge rushers. So it's not, it's not a base 3-4 continuously anyway that they run. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hey, if you're going to go down and, say, watch the Bucks game coming up tomorrow night, and you want to take the shuttle, or the Brewers, when they come back home, you want to take the shuttle, or once the, the Admirals come back home in the postseason heading for a Calder Cup, you'll want to take the shuttle or any other big event downtown, second to National Walker's Point, or just head down tonight, watch a Brewers game. Check it out. Check out all the great sporting events down at Stenny, second to National Walker's Point. The gar- garlic cheese bread's not on the menu. you got to ask for it, but it's fantastic. Don't forget about that. The wings are stupendous. Award-winning Bloody Marys. Everything else down there is just awesome. Uh, stop in and check out our friends down at Stenny's. Second to National Walker's Point and coming this fall to Lake Country on Watertown Road at Pewaukee. It's going to be the Stenny's Lake Country. God, I can't wait for that thing to open. Either way, you can't go wrong. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.